2nd of February. Oh, we're all right. No longer battle the sexes. Phew, Julia dropped me in it. Four. Excellent. Well, good morning, everybody. Fantastic turnout for the middle of between Christmas and New Year. That's amazing that people have even come. I nearly didn't come myself, so well done. Um, it's a strange old time of year, isn't it? And before I get that strange old time of year sermon, I want to give an announcement. Who here supports an adopted child in Guatemala or somewhere? Well, a good number of you. Right, I have got an amazing, amazing opportunity for one of the people that supports an adopted child um, on the Adopt Child program. I have been asked if we would nominate somebody to travel out to Guatemala. The ticket's paid for to go and look at and experience and possibly meet your uh, sponsored child or children even um, in September. Uh, 2019. If you are interested in traveling out to Guatemala, it's certainly for one person, possibly for two. Um, you can help to, offer, um, to uh, um, offset the cost of traveling out to Guatemala, but it is covered. So if you are interested in being involved in that, experiencing that for about 10 or 12 days, and all the amazing work they're currently doing, which is uh, fantastic, which is now building schools, opening schools, planting church, feeding, medical. Um, it's an amazing transformation of whole communities uh, that God is right at the center of doing. If you'd like to see that, be part of that, and then come and chat to me as soon as possible so I can put your name forward if you'll be interested in that journey to Guatemala. Okay, that's, that's a bit exciting, isn't it? It's a possibility of that. Um, and your only qualification is that you're currently sponsoring an adopted child. So those of you that think about adopt, uh, sponsoring an adopted child, get on the internet this afternoon and get one sponsored. And then, <laughs> then come and see me. Um, if you'd like to travel to the world's most dangerous capital city. Um, <laughs> the, the highest murder rate in the world. But we'll look after you while you're there. Um, excellent. Well, New Year's resolution time. It's that time of year, strange transition time. We're kind of in that strange. It's no longer 2018. I know it kind of is, but not really. It's no longer 2019. It's kind of Christmas, but not really. But it's not quite new. It's that weird time, isn't it? It's that, ooh, bubble time. Kids, I'm going to be really quick so you're all right. You, you, I mean, what an opportunity for your kids to stay in with me today. How cool is this? You get to stay with me today. The look of delight and joy on your face is overwhelming. It's that strange time of year where you're thinking, if only there were more presents to come, but the presents have all gone. If only I could get back to work in the new year, but oh, some of you have already gone back to work. It's a funny old time of year. So we start setting resolutions at this time of year. This morning, I want to set you free from resolutions. Who's already been planning resolutions for next year? Right, don't do it. You are free from those resolutions. We cast it out. I got a message on my messenger um, saying, does your church do deliverance? Yes, it does. We deliver you from resolutions. Okay? We don't do resolutions. We do something far better. We want to do a revelation of God. Because if you have a revelation of God, you don't need to do resolutions. See, we're often thinking about being better people at this time of the year. Resolutions planned and prepared then get written off, and then we feel like worse people. What we need is a revelation of God, and we want a New Year revelation of God. So I want to set you free this last Sunday of 2018 to begin 2019 with a sense of I want a revelation of God. I want to be filled with His joy and His passion. I don't want to set myself all these resolutions of constraint that I know will go wrong. Anybody here ever failed at a New Year's resolution? Put your hand up now. 
that's just like resolutions are designed to make you feel bad. And I guarantee that 50% of you are definitely going to lose at least 12 stone in weight this year. And you probably will. You'll lose a stone in January and find it in February and lose a stone in March and find it in April. And by the time you've done, next year you'll be saying, next year in 2020 I'm going to lose weight. I want to set you free from all of that. Let's have a revelation of Christ instead. Let's walk into his life. This is what it says in Scripture, if I turn it on. This is what it says in Scripture. Yeah, there we go. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. They've had a revelation. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. There's some good words, aren't they, in there? Increase their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. That's not resolution. That's not a determination to try to live life a bit differently. That's people with a revelation of God. They have had a complete revelation of an understanding of who God is. Church, we need to have a complete revelation understanding of who Jesus Christ is. If we truly see who Jesus is, if we truly grasp the nature of his kingdom, how different will we be? I, have you ever walked into the... Some, some people just have presence when you're near them. Some people, you know, like if they talk about film stars have presence on, on screen. They talk about actors, they walk on the stage and they dominate the stage, all this kind of thing. Jesus is bigger than all that. Jesus has presence. Jesus is. And we need a revelation of who he is. It says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. These verses always catch me out this time of year. I'm usually thinking of ending one thing or starting another. But these verses tell me of the increase. There's a continuation in God. God doesn't just stop everything because it's the last Sunday in 2018 and say, let's, start, let's just scrap all of that. Oh, my days. Let's try again in 2019. He continues. He continues. Of the increase of his government and peace, there'll be no end. He's not interested in ending everything but continuing to grow us. This, these verses speak to our attitude some of you may recall, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been looking at joy and peace and um, all these kinds of words and government and uh, favor. Some of you may recall that. But pe- we talked about peace. Is peace in us? That's the nature of joy to the world. Peace to you and all that kind of stuff that the, the angels sang to the shepherds. Peace in us. It's that knowledge of his presence that assures us that he is in control, his lordship. Is government. Uh, The word that we use there in government can be translated just as equally well as his favor, his presence, his favor. His government is one of favor for people and of placing his peace within them. And that will increase. Do you understand that? His favor, his peace will know no end. It will increase. That is an exciting prospect. That gives us the possibility of finishing well. I want to finish well. I want to finish well. I want to feel like I've already begun my long finish for the next 20 or 30 or 40 years that I'm aiming towards continuing, that there'll be an increase of his favor, an increase of his peace, so that I'm going to be able to finish well. 
because I have a revelation of who Jesus is. I want to finish well. I want to run the race well. It's more than getting through to the end so that we can start again. I want to continue to grow and to learn and to discover and to see more and to know more and to grasp more of who God is. So looking ahead to next year, I want to read you some verses that, oh, you know I've got to go there because I've got a big running year in front of me. Uh, 1 Corinthians 9.24 Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games does, goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Fascinating verses. Fascinating verses. As we come to close of another year, our minds filled with the confusion of what was and what could be, what happened, what didn't happen, why did those things happen, why didn't these different things happen. Lots of if-onlys and perhaps and buts. We can try to explain it, we can try to understand it, but here's the deal. We're continuing God. And of the increase of His government and peace, there'll be no end. The increase of his favor and his peace within his presence, there will be no end. So we continue through in this journey. We press through into our next year because this is just a date in the diary. And his spirit continues. His presence continues. It is just a page on a diary. But his presence is permanent. Memories of the past year or years often lead to what's in store for us next year. I've got to tell you right now, I'm excited about next year. I'm really excited about next year. I look at all the contacts we've had and all the relationships built up through this year, all the conversations we've had as a church, many individuals around this room, and it's left me thinking, oh my word, what could God do with those connections? What could God do? What might God say into those lives? What depth of relationship might we have? What lives might be touched? What might the Holy Spirit do in those people? What salvation might occur? How many baptisms will we have? You know what really excites me? At some point this year, we'll have the fun and games set in the baptistry up just here and baptizing people in the year to come. And that really thrills me. That really thrills me every time. How amazing will that be? Now, don't raise your hands, but how many of you have a sense of what next when you look at next year? A whole nation has a sense of what next when they look at next year. But you know what? The good thing is, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So I'm not worried about all the political machinations and, and nonsense that's going off at the moment and the thrashing around. I just think God must look at us and think, oh my days. Here's the answer. Guys, here's the answer. You're looking at the answer. You've just celebrated the answer. Oh. But the Lord loves us passionately. I believe the Lord loves this nation. I believe the Lord loves this town. I believe the Lord loves this church in this town. And so I know He's not abandoned you. And I know that the increase of His government and peace in this place will increase. And that's a joyful, exciting prospect. Because his favor will rest on this town. I believe his favor will rest on this church. And I believe his favor will rest on individual people in this church. That's an exciting thought. See, it's not too late to finish this year well. 
It's not too late to finish this year well so that we continue that well into our next year. How many people have ever sat there and said, but I'm not good enough? But I'm not good enough. But my history. But this. But that. But these reasons why not. Who here, ask a question now, put your hand up if you are always at your 100% very best. Put your hand up now. Nobody's 100% always at their very best. I am shocked and disappointed. There's a saying. There's a saying that says only the mediocre are at their best all the time. So that means if you're not at your best all the time, you're not mediocre. You must be really, really good. You're exceptional people. And in Christ you are. We are more than conquerors. In our weakness, he's strong. You're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people chosen, set apart, anointed. You're ambassadors of Christ. There isn't a mediocre Christian in the world. We may not always do it very well, but we're never mediocre. We may never do it very well. We often get it wrong. We may often be weaker than we would wish to be. But here's the deal. When Christ looks at us, he sees his children. He sees, he sees his people. We're not mediocre. We're children of the living God. We need to get hold of that. When we get hold of who we actually are, somehow life bursts into us. Somehow transformation takes place. Church, you're not <laughs> mediocre. You're saved for eternity. You may not be getting it all right right now, but the increase of his government, of his favor, of his peace in you, there will be no end. So if you're struggling right now, know this, the increase of his favor is going to increase in your life. The increase of his peace is going to be in your life. Let's look at our passage again. Run the race. Let's be honest. Not many of you feel like running right now. Given all the amount of food I've eaten, given all the amount of things I've eaten and drunk and chocolate. and I mean, last night, Julie, Julie and I laid on the sofa and we ate an entire chocolate orange between us. And I just felt so ill. I woke up this morning feeling so ill. Like half a chocolate orange is so wrong. Oh, I knew, I knew somebody, I knew somebody would have eaten an entire one by themselves. I've got to tell you, if I were to eat an entire one, I'd be, I'd be worshipping that large round altar in the corner of the bathroom. Not many of you feel like running right now. The world has a strange idea of there being winners and losers. The very first verses we brought said there's one winner. There's going to be one winner in the world's race. That means everybody else is a loser. There's only one first prize. Well, it's true in a personal sense, in one way, in a, in a physical, uh, secular race, there is only going to be one gold medal. There will only be one winner. And we can easily decide, well, I'm not going to be that winner, therefore I won't take part. We can easily give up knowing that we won't be that winner. You know, every time I enter a race, I never expect to win the race, being the first person over the line. I consider that every time. When I entered London Marathon a few years ago, Paula Radcliffe ran at the same time as me. Here's the deal. She won. This year when I'm in, in London Marathon, Mo Farah's going to be in the same race. I don't think he's worried. 
I don't think he's looking around and saying, oh, Bedford's in the race. I am in so much trouble. That guy from Barnes is running. Go on. I am not going to win Paul Radcliffe. I'm not going to win Mo Farah. But here's the thing. All the runners run. Only one gets the prize. But for us, it's not a prize that fades. Scripture says that prize fades away. But for us... We are not run for a prize that fades. We are kingdom people and we are running into a forever prize. The issue here is not that we win in everything, but that we run to win. Church, we're not mediocre people. The increase of his favor and peace will know no end in our lives. We run with that attitude. We run knowing that he has not finished with us yet. We run knowing that his desire is to increase his favor in our lives and to place his peace within us. We run with purpose, not aimlessly. We get to run with attitude. You know that? We get to run with attitude. We get as Christians to have attitude. We get to be able to say what God has done. We get to be somebody in Christ. We get to say something about Jesus. We know that our life finds purpose in Christ. Our victory is assured already in Him. So when we run that race, we know we have already won. Everyone who competes goes into strict training. Church, we need to go into strict training. I'll be into strict training probably-ish. I'm going on a holiday uh, on, on Wednesday morning, and I will be running every morning. Yeah, I know some of you are thinking, no, that's not strict training. That's sad. But I don't want to be, I don't want the embarrassment to failing and not competing and not completing. I want to get around and do as well as I possibly can. But the idea here is in Scripture. We don't want to be hypocrites that are not connected with Christ. They're just reliant on everything He does and just sat there waiting. We want to run the race with Him. We want to be involved. We don't want to excuse to say, I'm not perfect, so why try? We want to say, I'm running this race for Christ, so here I am. That's why I'm here this morning in church. I guess that's why you've turned up in church this morning. In the midst of all the party and celebration, wanting to relax, wanting to take some downtime, you've taken time out to come be with His people. That tells me that you want to be in the race. That excites me. So there's some things we can do. Some revelations, not resolutions. Let's look at some specifics as I bring this down. One, we need to reevaluate everything we're doing as people right now. We need to ask ourselves, reevaluate. Why do I do this? Do you do it because you were told to do it or because you have an honest desire to deepen your relationship with God? Do you do it because you want to discover his word? Read the Bible because you want to discover his word. Do you pray because you ought to, or do you pray because you want to talk with God? You want to have a conversation with him. When you meet together, do you fellowship because you're supposed to come to church, which is what Christians do? Or is it because you want to be with family to encourage them and to stir them up, to build them up and to send them out? So we need to reevaluate those things. We need to rearrange the patterns and habits of our lives. If you've prayed the same way for years, try praying a different way. Periodically, I find if I mix up how I pray, it kind of re-energizes, it, it refocuses how I pray. If I read my Bible in a certain way, I will read it in a different way, I will read it in a different version. It will just re-energize my working and discovering and learning. So I encourage you to make a, a decision this year to rearrange some of those things on your table and, and reconsider how you're working with God, how you're connecting with Him, how you're building with Him. Uh, it may be that we need to rearrange our lives, that we, we let some things go so we can let more of God in. You know, we need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I believe 2019 is going to be a year where the Holy Spirit needs to be set free amongst us. I've got to say that's quite a frightening thing because when the Holy Spirit is 
is set free amongst us. When the Holy Spirit is given space to, to work amongst us, to bring his gifts, to bring his strengthening, to, to help us to be a witness, to, it will transform us. He's our Lord. We need to let him have his way. And then the, the third thing we need to do after we've um, reevaluated and rearranged, we need to renew our commitment to doing these things. We need to renew our commitment to the Word of God, renew our commitment to Word, renew our commitment to fellowship, renew our commitment to walking with God and to His Holy Spirit. Meeting together, growing together, serving together, praying together, unity. We need to expose ourselves to more of God's wisdom and His love. That's what we can do. That's when we can run our race well. That's when we begin to get a revelation of who Jesus is. There's a sense of excitement with starting something new. It can open your heart and mind to new and wonderful things in Christ that you never saw before. And I think as we press in to a greater extent of his favor, of his peace within us, there is so much more wonderful experience of Christ for us to discover moving ahead. That will give you a new glimpse of the race. He asks you to run and he asks you to run with joy. There's a thing when runners run and they get a runner's high. Did you know that? The runner's high is a real thing. You suddenly get a chemical buzz and you get a runner's high. Tell you, there's a running race with God where you get a Christ high. Where you begin to get a revelation of who he is. You begin to look back and say, oh my word, look at what the Lord has brought me through. Whether it be a good season and you say, look at the amazing blessing of God. Or it be a tough season and you say, look at the amazing blessing of God because he brought me through that tough season. Look at what God has done. Sometimes in the midst of it, we can't see what God is doing. But if we look back, we see where he's walked and run with us. And as we look ahead, we can imagine where he's taken us and have a vision and revelation for what he wants to do in our lives. And that is a joyful thing. Because church, I believe we are wired for joy. I believe we should be wired for joy. Lastly, I, I just want to say, let's finish this year well. I start every race with anticipation. I run well. I fight through pain. I see the finish line and find the reserve I didn't know I had. Church, we can find the reserve that we don't know we have, and it's an eternal reserve in Christ. There really is an eternal reserve in Christ. You know, somehow we get great pleasure from being slightly glum at times. Does anybody here like to revel in misery? Oh, three of us, two of us, one of us, well, one and a half of us, two, maybe four of us. It's all fellas. There's nothing like being miserable and bad-tempered. Boy, does it feel good, except it feels terrible. And then everybody around you feels terrible. If we get hold of a revelation of who Jesus is in our lives, there is no circumstance of life where we will lose that joy of our salvation. There is no situation. You know, even Christ on the cross for the joy set before him endured. He had a revelation of something beyond that moment. Church, I want to say to you, the year ahead will have some tough times in it. But if we have a revelation for what is coming, if we have a revelation for Jesus, if we have a revelation for his kingdom, there will be joy through it. And we are meant to be a joyful people. We are hardwired as Christians for joy. Every time I finish a race... I re-enter so that it continues. There's a sense of continuance and excitement and anticipation. I intend to commit to train. As Christians, we need to commit to consecrating our lives to Christ. 
We need to look for specific areas to grow, to change, to see an increase of God in. Ask God to show you specific areas that you can reevaluate, rearrange and renew this year. If you're serious about strengthening your run with Him, you can be sure He will answer you when you ask Him to come and renew and rearrange and reevaluate. Because He wants that even more than you do. He wants to bless you. He wants to increase His favor in your life. He wants to place more of His peace within you. He wants to place more of His Holy Spirit in you. So, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. That harvest excites me because that harvest is talking about salvation and baptisms and transformation. That's talking about his people growing of increasing, that increase knowing no end. It gives joy. And then it says, I heard this the other week and I love this, it gives joy and then we rejoice. We double the joy. We joy and we joy joy. And because we see the harvest in others, we joy again. So we joy and we joy joy. We see harvest and we joy because they're joy joying. We are hardwired for joy. Let's have the band back please. So I encourage you church, we end this year with our eyes on Christ finding joy and we carry that word into our new year experience let's be a people that determine to renew and to rearrange let's be a people that are prepared to reconnect with everything that God has for us this year to understand that we are wired for joy joy to the world is favor resting on us let me finish with these last verses of encouragement for you. One last piece of scripture. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Make sure at the end of this year and through the turning point of this year and into the new year that you're part of that great crowd of witnesses that cheers on those people around you that brings joy to those people around you that speaks joy over those people around you we're a team we're a body we're a family we're an army we're a church we're the body of Christ we are joy filled and we rejoice as we see others running in joy church I just want to pray Lord, I pray that this year would see an increase of your favor over the people in this room, connected with this church, over our community, over your church in this town. There would be an increase of your favor, of your peace. Lord, that we would be a people of joy. Lord, that we would see a harvest and rejoice. We would see an harvest and we would increase and rejoice. So, Lord, that we would be a joyful people that rejoice in joy, that joy, joy, and that are filled with joy as others are filled with joy, joy. Lord, help us to be hardwired Christ people who can endure all things and look to all things because we have a revelation for who Jesus is. This is our prayer, Lord, that we'd see you. Amen.